Hello and welcome to the Rigori Podcast, the show that's as cool, calm and considered as a Rome derby. I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi and I'm joined as always by my cousin Marco. Marco, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Lots to chat about this week, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's a packed show, so let's just get straight into it. No, no shilly, no shilly shally. And I mean, I, we're recording a bit earlier this this week during the um, uh, at the time of recording Inter are beating Frosinone 2-0 but the, these big game big big game really was the uh, Rome derby Roma uh, Lazio Roma was Lazio were the home team in this one but I mean watching this game I was going to ask you Marco do you think it's fair to say that Frosinone might be the most entertaining team in Serie A from the Lazio region at the moment because the, the Rome derby was a bit of a stinker it really was, and yeah, I have to say, if you, I wouldn't rush to tune into a game with the other two Roman, the, the better known uh, Lazio region teams. So yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, Frosinone play some some decent football, have some exciting players. Uh, the Rome derby was, uh, yeah, just it, it's like a step back, and you know. All the stereotypes of what's bad about Italian football when you watch a game like that. To be fair. I mean, in the last, in the closing stages, the commentator says it feels like both teams have settled for a draw. But I thought it was like that about kickoff. Yeah, exactly. they, were, they were more interested in getting the referee to give them a decision, getting somebody sent off, or as I say, or not making the glaring error and I know it, it feels a bit to me like you know if you were invited to somebody's house and their parents were having an argument like you it just it's almost embarrassing I don't want to be part of it. I know <laughs> I know it's important to the family but to me it just it it is a game that often leaves me quite cold it just because I, I mean I get the the stakes are the, the it's the probably the most in fact no probably it is the most intensely felt yeah. derby city derby in Italy, and so the stakes are so high, and we know that you know the one error can make your life misery or whatever. And I think it's only been compounded by the fact that risk averse Jose Mourinho is in charge of Roma. So we know from the outset that they are not. Uh, you know, I mean, we've said this a number of times. They're vying with Juve for being the sort of least attractive team in in Serie A, and, and that criticism is made with. The awareness of the players that they've got, you know, yes. they've got Dybala, they've got Lukaku, they should be entertained. So Roma, okay, but I think Lazio were kind of crippled by fear in this one as well, and they've not hit the heights this season. Um, they lost to Milinkovic Savic. I feel it's like a sort of a kind of misfits roll call to try to take his place. You know, will it be Rovella? Will it be this one? Will it be that one? Yeah, I, th- I think that's right, and also. Um, my favourite player, Immobile. You know, he's still getting a few goals, but he's not. He, where they built their attack around him previously, and it was a reliable one at, at that level. We'll leave the international side out of it. Um, you know, I think perhaps that offer that he got to go to Saudi Arabia this summer maybe should have been taken up. Well, and and the boy that they've brought in to kind of provide them with support, Tati. Tati, I would, I think I would be seeing that to him. He's not looked great. I, I, that, that's unfair because he may, he may get better. But you know, certainly, yeah. I mean, Immobile, I think maybe has he scored one goal from open play this season. Yeah. It's been mostly highly dubious penalties against Fiorentina that have boosted his <laughs> his tally this season. No, they just, I mean, in fairness to Lazio, 
uh, Luis Alberto did crack one against the post, which would have been an absolute beauty. And I feel probably that would have, you know, a goal could have changed that game. You know, the, the longer it went, the more of a stalemate it became. Um, but, you know, when, when that didn't go in, then, then, as I say, it felt like both teams haven't had great form. And so, you know, in a way, the draw was, as you see, it was a throwback to old Italian times of the draw of convenience where it yeah. kind of moves the moves your league table forward. But nobody has the ignominy of losing the derby and they, they go on to the next round. But it does leave them both quite far off, certainly far off the top of the table, but even even far off the, really the, the Champions League places anyway. You know, they don't look... Um, neither one looks ready to grab that, but long season ahead. So I suppose you know they could, they could, they could turn that around. The the other game earlier today, I think, signed the signed the death sentence on Rudy Garcia, a man who's been a bit of a dead man walking, um, in charge of Napoli. I mean, we might wonder why he was appointed in the first place, but a late late goal from a man who hadn't scored in 46 games in Serie A, apparently, <laughs> Kovalenko for Empoli. It was an odd shot as well, because he curled it the wrong way, really, from the side that he shot from, but it still went in the yeah. net and and gave them, you know, for Empoli to win against... I mean, I was celebrating the other week when Fiorentina beat Napoli, and, but it turns out it wasn't such a great achievement because Empoli managed it, who, you know, as we are the... Champions of the little guys, you'd have to say Andrea Zoli has done a good job with them, and, and maybe they would. Have, I have a feeling they might have turned it round anyway because I think they've got quite a good squad of players, and just yeah, take time right. to they just take time to kind of get to grips with. I was going to say get to grips with one another, but that sounds that sounds <laughs> rude. I don't know. That's, so that's maybe in the showers. Works, that's yeah, maybe in the showers works. after the game. But you know, I think there's time to get in tune with one another. That's maybe a better a better saying. So you know, and and from what I saw of that game, I didn't watch it all, but I watched Napoli were very lacklustre, and Empoli actually created quite a few good chances before they did finally sign the death one. And and I mean, let's do our usual. What we do is, who is the answer to Rudy Garcia's replacement? Because I've seen the names: well, Can Cannavaro, yeah. Igor Tudor, the return of Walter Mazzari, or Antonio Conte seems to be the one that Neapolitans would like. But you know, what what went wrong, Marco, or what went right? Maybe might be quicker. And you know, who who should be next in line for the Napoli job? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I, I we've said already that we. Neither of us were that impressed with the appointment of Garcia in the first place. Going back to, I mean, I couldn't believe when I saw Matsari's name being linked with this in 2023. Uh, why? Why would you even do that? He must be friends with De Laurentiis. But, or he's cheap, possibly. Yeah, yeah he's cheap, but the, the, he's paid for that cheap approach by appointing Rudy Garcia, and this is what's happened, and Matsari's not going to improve things in any way. Um no, I mean, obviously Conte would be the best manager. He he wouldn't play his football in the same way that Spalletti played his football, but, you know, he would turn them into a tough unit to beat. Uh, so he would be the best choice. And, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, Cannavaro is someone that, because of what a player he was, I would love for him to come into Napoli and be successful, but his past managerial record doesn't suggest that... <laughs> That that's on the cards, unfortunately. No, that's right. I mean, he's a nice, nice guy, but not a great manager, I think. And it could be. I, I hate these things when, like, a player 
sort of, uh, he, he would never destroy his reputation because no, he, you know, he's right, such yeah, a hero, yeah. but he would tarnish it a bit, I think, by coming in and, well, I mean, maybe he will do a great job, would do a great job, but, you know, I'd just be, I'd be very weary. I'd be very weary as De Laurentiis of appointing him and I'd be very weary as Cannavaro of, of taking the job. And you're right, Conte would be a, Huge um, redirection of style for for Napoli if it was if it was to be him, but it seems that like I mean it had all the airs of a kind of cheeky gory storming into the dressing room. Yeah, by the sounds uh-huh. of it that De Laurentiis went down, told them what to do, and didn't speak to the spoke to the players, didn't speak to the manager. It didn't work. I mean, he got obviously Zelensky and. Um, Kvaratskhelia came on and, and to be fair Kvaratskhelia had an amazing chance it was a great great save that Berisha made to deny him late on and then Empoli went up the other end and there is a good good team there for whoever oh, yeah. takes we over last season yeah. yeah you know and there were flashes of it I think under Garcia but it was almost like I don't know sometimes you get the feeling that a manager just wants to get I mean maybe they, I know. maybe they want the payoff they just think this is no worth it I'm going to leave their best player on the bench for, you know... Uh, well, but it's funny, I, th- I think managers sometimes come in and feel they have to sort of... It's their way of mm. imposing themselves on the team and so they do things like that, put Kvaritschkele on the bench or whatever. Uh, Spalletti was guilty of it a bit as well in his second stint at Roma, actually, with Totti. It wasn't, you know, they had a fallen out, which they've now publicly made up over. But, you know, uh, managers can come in and try and stamp their authority in strange ways, but it's not worked for Garcia, whatever his approach was. And given that there's now the international break coming up, um, uh, yeah, uh, I think we can say bye-bye and and, and uh, uh, see who is appointed. Yeah, know? I think it could be by the time this podcast's out, he'll be gone, I would suspect. That could well be the case. Another manager who's under pressure, and, uh, you know, it's the same thing of, I'd say, Backham or Sackham, Stefano Pioli now I'm mm-hmm. on to again at, at Milan and they had a, a get out of jail, well, I mean it looked like they were cruising to win in Lecce 2-0 up but then Lecce, we've praised them before as well, they, they are a good team, especially at home, they, they, you know, they won't give up a game clawed their way back into it 2-2 and then the real scandal um, for, for those of us who championed the small team was that Lecce thought they had the winner 3-2, late in the game, Piccoli hit an absolute world. He went bananas to celebrate. And then, well, I don't know. I mean, you take up the story, Marco. To me, it felt a bit like VR went back looking for something and yeah, found it's, it. Yeah, they put, they, 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 it's one of these things that we've discussed it before, I'm sure. But, you know, how far back do you go to try and find something to disallow a goal? And was it even a foul to begin with? You know, the, there was definitely... Um, contact but it wasn't a deliberate foul I didn't think so no, I, he stood on his foot he stood yeah. on I mean earlier I mean I, I can see for, you know uh, I would be claiming a foul for that of course of course yeah. but even I mean the player didn't go down he no, didn't make much no. of a meal of it they didn't, you know there didn't seem to be that much but it did feel a bit if it had been the other way around would it have happened? I'd yeah, question I whether right. yeah. Milan would have had, you know, um, Olivier Giroud had already lost the heat and got sent off by this point, so he'll miss the game with Fiorentina. Excellent news for Fiorentina fans. So, but as I say, just I felt sorry for Lecce having clawed their way back, then they were worth a win. I, I thought with well, that goal was worth winning any game, and it was a very minor infringement, you know. I mean, uh, but it appears that. I mean, as I say, 
to me, I'd, I'd whip you all the ammo and they kind of back him or sack him. You either give him a good run now. And it, it appears that they are, you know, there's not the same clamour for him to go, but certainly some fans are a bit cheesed off. With well, he, he had the good result, you know. I, I, I joked on our Twitter account uh, during the week that we had said that Pioli's days were numbered, um, there was no way back, and then they beat PSG. So, um, as usual, our, our 100% record of getting it entirely wrong. That, that's what there. people tune in for, yeah, exactly. is for this kind of level of ill-informed uh, so, nonsense. So, yeah, so he, uh, you know, I feel that that result alone has bought him a bit of time, and yeah, it's... He's still got issues in the league, and we still have our reservations, both of us, about the actual strength of that squad. But yeah, I, th- I think he will probably be there for for a bit longer anyway. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, an, another um, a, to move to a big team that did well this week, and why I'm much more upbeat than I have been recently was that Fiorentina brought to an end uh, Bologna's good run, undefeated run, ten game. 10-game run um, in the Artemio Franchi. It was the, the Curva Fiesoli did its choreography having not turned up for the UV game. They then did what they were going to do, celebrating 50 years of the Fiorentina Ultras. And amazing, if you haven't seen the TIFO or whatever it's called here, then you need to see it, the, the whole Curva Fiesoli with this tribute to, as I say, half a century of mad ultras um, supporting Fiorentina before the kickoff, and then it was a right good game actually I mean I think two good yeah. teams I, I mean I do, I, I've praised Bologna before I thought they you know they have a good unit I thought really I mean if you haven't seen it folks then it, Giacomo Bonaventura's goal is a lovely move and an amazing finish to me. He swivels and wraps his yeah, leg around the ball. Yeah, yeah. And then a, put, it, put it right in the top corner because the keeper actually... In, in the postage stamp, yeah, yeah, Marco, yeah. let's have every cliche yeah. we can. Top bins or whatever. <laughs> top yeah. bins, turned on a sixpence. I mean, all these, all these, yeah. he, did all these he did all the cliches at once. <laughs> <laughs> it was the absolute... And that, to me, was... To be honest with you, I think that goal should have won the game because then we go into the game of VAR and penalties, yeah. really, and and offsides, and, and offsides, yeah. you know, and everything that you know was chalked off. There were a lot of kind of close, um, close decisions. Orsolini had a goal that wasn't a close decision. He was well offside to make it two one before half time. But the penalty that um, Bologna got to equalise was one. I mean, now we're going to get them all the time. I think just it wasn't. I mean, in fair, Parisi leapt, his arms were up. I, I mean, I don't know, now clearly you have to jump with your arms strapped to your side. I know, it was one and, of these ones, And the ball dipped yeah. over the guy's head and, you know, it could have flipped off his head. It didn't. I don't know if that would, I don't think that would have made any difference, to be honest, because I've seen mm-hmm. them now where if you head it onto their arm, it's still given as a penalty. So that was given a penalty. And that did, Xerxes, good, good player, converted it well then perhaps ill-advisedly made the Batistuta machine gun type goal celebration yeah. which got on everyone's wick and um, the game the game really became quite intense for 10 minutes but fortunately for Fiorentina the, the ref maybe he saw the footage again at half time I don't know but having given that penalty he then gave Fiorentina quite a soft penalty as well there was some shirt pulling 
you don't often see them given, but I mean, it was one of these ones where I, I felt though, I mean, yeah, you do often that sort of stuff happens and the penalty's not given, but I felt in that circumstance, I think it was because he swung his leg it, as it, as he was being pulled. Yeah, you know, so yeah. he, he was very close. If he it's, hadn't been being pulled, you think he would have made some contact with I, the ball. So. Well, if you yeah. didn't know what icon he was like yeah, as a player yeah, you could yeah, well yeah. have thought he might have made contact with the ball if you'd known him you said even if he did make contact with the ball <laughs> might well still have been retrieving that from the curva ferrovia behind the goals but uh, no the, the, the only thing, he did turn his man I think that was the thing he yeah. had turned his man there probably was you know there probably was a bit of both before that um, but then when he was moving away from him, you could see it was so obvious that it was yeah. hard to miss. And as I say, maybe the referee felt a bit in debt to Fiorentina. And, and Nico Gonzalez takes a great yeah, penalty. I mean, he looks right in the eyes of Skorupski and just rolls it into the corner. And then after that, I mean, there was even another penalty check. Well, which... I, was, I was going to ask you about that because I, I, it looked to me like they'd given offside, yep. but then they gave a then they went for a penalty check, uh, and uh, then he he was a call to the screen, which normally means he's going to give a penalty, and he didn't give a penalty. I had so that it was a bit of an odd very one. feeling of impending doom, and that I can only think we never ever saw again that they must have thought it was offside, but yeah, it must I have know. the video footage must have shown that the man wasn't offside in the bill of Sally Markers, I think, when he got the ball. But then, honestly, if they were given that, I mean, why they called them to the screen, no, I have exactly, no idea, not, because yeah. it was a, there was a sort of melee in the box, Salamakers went to ground, it didn't look like it, I mean, and then, so when he went back to look, and it took him about 12 minutes, not quite, but it took him quite a long time to decide, um, you know, then that made me think even more, why did they, it wasn't a clear and obvious error, it yeah. was, a, you know, there was a sort of coming together, after Melo dead goal, yeah, it's almost like they're just going to look for anything. So you know, relief for uh, to me, honestly, if you'd given none of the penalties that were incidents, that would have been that would have mm. been fine. I mean, I think Iconis was maybe the least worst of the, yeah, of the penalties that were given, yeah. and it was a big tonic for Fiorentina ahead of the ahead of the international break to get that to get that win really just to put themselves back up. I think in the sixth position now, so back into the kind of European places. And as I say, it was a decent performance. I thought it was a decent game. Two good um, sort of top top end teams, not not the very top end, but certainly two teams that can challenge for um, a place in one of Europe's lower competitions this this season. And of course, the weekend. It's this is a, another. I mean, it's getting to be a bit of a habit. This Marco, another happy podcast because. Yeah. Not only did Venezia win, but now the teams around you are starting to fall yep. apart. I mean, is it no, is this a daylight. is this a a title procession beginning for <laughs> Venezia? I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that, but yeah, no. It was we we started the weekend this this good weekend with a with a win on Friday night, um, and it was a it was a good performance. Uh, against Catanzaro who's who have started Serie B well and you could see that they're a dangerous team. They play some nice football and they look very sharp in attack. And especially in the first half, um I think they almost played the better football than us. But but we were able to go ahead. We got a, a penalty, Poyan Palo um I was slightly nervous when he decided that he was taking it because he has missed a couple, but he, he absolutely blasted it into the bottom corner. Uh, and then um, uh, 
the winner was scored by your, your favourite man. You you called him Dennis No Menace. I call him Magic Johnson. Right? He now is Magic Johnson. I think has he moved to a more central position? He yeah, he plays be, as a se- second striker now. Yeah, with, with seems William to be Ballard. suiting him because I saw he had another. I watched the highlights. He had another sort of attempt at his no look assist yeah, as well. Uh-huh. He's, he really seems to be influencing games. So yeah, no, I love to. I mean that. That nickname's definitely retired now. Yes, he, <laughs> he is not. He is. He is a. He is a menace, and he could be helping Venice to um, exactly. to, to climb right and, up and, the, and the table. And as you say, we 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 uh, Parma lost. Palermo lost. So we there is now a bit of daylight between us and third place. I think there's four points, um, which is great. And you know, if we can if we can continue doing this, then. Then all the better. Parma's loss was amazing against Lecco. Well, that, I was going that to say very again. Let's flip that round and say hats off to Lecco because yeah, you know they only came in. Remember that summer saga? Well, they won't. They they're they're sort of playing catch up in terms of the league, and they now seem to be finding their feet and getting some good results. So you know, well done to them, and it does make you know because there have been various spells where we've thought maybe Parma run away with it, yeah. but you know that doesn't look like being the case. So that's going to keep that Serie B battle rolling on for rolling on but for. A it while. does mean I uh, know we always say this, but it does mean that I, I was looking at our Venezia's fixtures coming up, and it's hard for me to say, "Oh, that'll be an easy game." You know, there is no games where you think, oh, well, we've got a little easy run now or something. I, I, I think so. they all have a, all these teams have a performance in them, you know yeah. what I mean? As I say, and you're seeing, it just, I mean, Sampdoria has another case yeah. in point uh-huh. that, you know, we've said they're off to a terrible, terrible start under Pirlo, but they, they've they've stuck with them and I, I quite admire that mm-hmm. um, because, you know, it would have been easier to bin them, although financially maybe difficult, I don't know. But they've stuck with them and now the results seem to be turning their way. And what happens because of the tight nature of the league, if you do go on a run of, I mean, literally three or four yeah. wins, uh, you're you're up. And because of the, the depth of the playoff kind of chart or whatever, the playoff play out, there's almost always something to, mm-hmm. to play for. So, you know, these teams do. So you're right. It, although Venezia's kind of in a good vein of form, had some good results, that doesn't mean it, there's you know it's easy enough to come up against a a, a Leco or whoever that yeah. that's just hitting a bit of form further down the table and and is going to cause you a few headaches. But you have to be. I mean, the form is good. The team looks like it's playing some nice football. You looked on the highlights. You looked worth your win in the end against you know a team that's been one of the most entertaining sides mm-hmm. in Serie B so far. So that can only be good. Let's all be let's all be happy for a change. Yes, definitely, definitely. But Long one, may it continue. Absolutely. <laughs> one thing that might not just to wind things up uh, yeah. with something that probably won't make us happy, um, is is uh, a we look ahead because we'll be taking a break for the but two big, big games coming up for Luciano Spalletti and Italy, in North Macedonia and Ukraine. Four points from the two games will qualify Italy. They do have the trap door of playoffs if they needed it, but that would be a bit disastrous. I mean, Spalletti announced his squad, Marco. Was there anything in that other than relief that he phoned Immobile to tell him he wouldn't, he wouldn't be in it? Did he phone you first? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I could be happy. No, um, the only missing name, but you might tell me he's injured, I don't know, but I, I was surprised not to see Udoji, 
Udoji in the squad um, after I thought he had quite a good game um, when he came into the squad last time. I know he's he was sent off for Tottenham he, recently. He was but, sent off for Tottenham and that, it, that, that, the, the raid missed the same It did, but I, I would still have him in that squad because I think he's a good... I think not only is he a good defender, but he's a good attacking option for us as well down that wing. So that would be the only one. In, uh, glad Bonaventura's still in there. Keza to me, is the key. Can he... He's been called up again. Can he actually last and actually get, actually get on the pitch for Italy? Because um, that's know. the area that concerns me most, I think, is the attack and yeah. what would be... You know, who will be the focal point? I mean, Skamaka, maybe. Uh, Moshkin, mm, I would be very worried. Raspadori, yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's not, a different better. style yeah, of player. Exactly, I think he's almost better on the wing. Um, he played better in the last round of games when he was pushed out wide. I thought. Yeah, so. yeah the, the trouble is we've got too many that are better yeah, on the wing, yeah, yeah, and yeah, with nobody that's good through the middle. That's yeah. my that's my biggest worry about. I saw Jorginho back in there, which mm-hmm. was interesting. You know, could, could you know maybe give give some shape, but it's two big big games, and you know a record in these big showdowns is is not that great. I mean, I honestly thought actually that he might have had a sneaky wee call-up for Rugani from Juventus yeah, I thought because, that as well. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's got he's got the big gatty Mr. Katz in there. I thought maybe he might have been tempted because whatever, you know, we've had our say on Juve, but, you know, another win courtesy of their defenders yeah. at, the, at the weekend and that defence is you know, it does have a chunk of um, Italianness in it. I mean, Rugani scored a goal at the weekend, which was hilarious. I don't know if you saw it, but it sort of bounced up off the crossbar, hit him on the belly, and rolled in. You know, so I, I wouldn't be putting him in for his goal. But there, there is some stat I think that Rugani lovers kick around that you know they've not lost many games when he's been in the in the team. Even though, if you remember, he was signed with a great oh, reputation yeah. uh-huh. as the next big thing, and it maybe just has taken him. Time. I mean, obviously Spalletti was concerned about um, getting players sent off because he didn't call up Mancini from from Roma mm. this time. So you know he's obviously worried about the discipline because you know like him or loathe him, he is a he is a solid centre back. But I think there are obviously other options that you can you can turn to there. Yeah, when but, I see players like Toloi in the squad, I'm like always slightly nervous about that. You know. It, it does suggest that options are limited. And like you say, Rugani has had a good season def- defensively. You very strong. So I, I think he might have he might have merited it. But um, yeah, the main thing is for me, it, you know, if they can beat North Macedonia in Italy, then surely at that point, it, you know, that will give them confidence. And yeah, going... It, where are we playing Ukraine? I'm not sure. Is it's it in or? Germany, I Germany, think. It's right. in Germany, I think, um, that game on the yeah, Monday but, night. It uh, won't be easy, but it should give you some confidence. And if if Kiesa can stay fit, I think that makes a big difference up front as well. I, I, and, I mean, I'd be tempted for one of the games, maybe not the Ukraine one, but maybe the first one, to give Monza's finest a chance to, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe not a start, but I'd certainly be, you know, the same way as Bonaventura came in and scored, uh, he's in such form at the moment that, you know, I think that 
he could be a shout, as I say, maybe not for a start in Berth, but certainly a man, if it's still nil-nil with an hour gone against uh, North Macedonia, certainly because he's in hot, hot form for breaking from midfield to get you goals. And that could potentially cover up for that my concerns about the attack if the midfield yeah. can find players that can come forward and get goals. So, you know, fingers crossed. As I say, we don't do international ones because we've proved such a curse to the Azuri <laughs> exactly. that we've actually been paid now by the Italian Federation <laughs> not to speak, not to announce specials after their games because we've brought them such bad luck. Um, so we'll be back in a couple of weeks, but we've we've rambled on quite well there, really. I mean, I think when we've got, there was a lot of meat on the bones of this weekend's Serie A and Serie B, but we'll be back in a couple of weeks to, to chat more, as I say, that the, the well-informed stuff that we give you is, uh, you know, has become our trademark really to get everything pretty consistently wrong. So yeah, watch exactly. out, watch out for Copani scoring an own goal or something to <laughs> knock Italy out of the qualifications. But if you've enjoyed this, please share it. Please let people know because um, that that gets us known and give it to give this um, really cheery Scottish Italians a, a a wider audience. And we'll be back in a fortnight's time. We'll speak to you then. Bye.